Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back. This will be for Jeremiah chapter 31. Um, those, this one, I'll, I'll read the entire chapter on this one, uh, just like I did the last one. Okay. In the last days, Israel shall be gathered. Ephraim has the birthright as the firstborn. The Lord will make a new covenant with them to be inscribed in the heart. Then shall they all know the Lord. That's from the uh, introductory part of the chapter. Verse 1, at the same time, saith the Lord, will I be the God of all their families of Israel, all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. The Lord hath appeared of old, or from afar unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee, drawn thee to me. Again I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets, and shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant, and shall eat them as common things. For there shall be a day that the watchmen, or latter-day prophets, upon the mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. For thus saith the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the, the chief of the nations, Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them from the north country, and gather them from the coasts, or from the ends of the earth, and from them, and with them the blind and the lame, the woman with child, and her that travaileth with child, together a great company shall return thither. Note the word thither, they, they would be gathered to other lands, not Israel or Jerusalem, which would have been hither. So they are being gathered throughout the entire world. Verse 9, They shall come with weeping, they will weep because they knew they rejected Christ. And with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble, for I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. In other words, Ephraim has the birthright blessings. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, now remember that America is also considered an, an isle of the sea. He that scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him, as a shepherd doth his flock. According to Oliver Cowdery, several of the verses of this chapter were quoted by Moroni to Joseph Smith. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob, and ransomed, or delivered, or freed him from the hand of him that was stranger than he. Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion. That sounds like the... Uh, the tabernacle choir on temple square and shall flow together of the good to the goodness of the lord for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young of the flock and of the herd and their soul shall be as a watered garden and they shall not sorrow any more at all that sounds millennial doesn't it then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance both young men and old together oh it sounds like they're having uh, dance festivals again for I will turn their mourning into joy, and will comfort them, and make them rejoice from their sorrow. And I will satiate the soul of the priests with fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. 
Even though Judah is about to suffer captivity and death, there is hope of a brighter day in the latter days. Even though church members are not paid for their services, they will be satisfied for the blessings of the Lord. These verses picture the great joy and happiness that will accompany the return of Israel. The promises of great abundance and rejoicing and the end of sorrow are exactly opposite to the promises given in other chapters of, of tragedy, desolation, and lamentation for Judah. Though Judah did not heed Jeremiah's warning, and his dire predictions came to pass, the hope of a brighter day was clearly given here. While the ultimate fulfillment of these verses is yet in the future, Elder Grand Richards saw a parallel between verses 7 to 14 and the early history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The saints left Nauvoo with weeping and with supplications. They did not leave their beautiful homes because they wanted to. He saw the rivers of waters they walked, in, they walked by in a straight way as being the North Platte River, by which they traveled about 600 miles. Singing in the height of Zion refers to the tabernacle choir, according to Elder Richards. Their mourning being turned into joy refers to the saints finding joy with one another in dancing and other activities as well as in testimony meetings. While the members of the, of the priesthood in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are not paid for their services, and thousands of them have left their families for years at a time to do missionary work in the nations of the earth, paying their own expenses and without remuneration from the church, yet in their hearts they feel they are better paid than any other religious leaders in the world because of the joy and satisfaction the Lord plants in their hearts, which could not possibly be purchased with money. Thus he has satiated the soul of the priests with fatness, and his people are satisfied with his goodness. That was by Richards in Israel, do you know? Verse 15, Thus saith the Lord, A voice was heard in Ramah, most lofty situated border town of the two kingdoms, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Rachel is weeping for her children which were killed. This is, is reference to the children being killed at the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. Thus saith the Lord, Refrain thy voice from weeping, and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. And there is hope in thine end, or for thy future, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. The lamentation of Rachel is heard at Ramah as the most loftily situated border towns of the two kingdoms, whence the wailing that had arisen sounded far and near and could be heard in Judah. The destruction of the people of Israel by the Assyrians and Chaldeans is a type of the massacre of the infants at Bethlehem, as cited by Matthew in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. Insofar as the sin which brought the children of Israel into exile laid a foundation for the fact that Herod, the Idumean, became king over the Jews and wished to destroy the true king and savior of Israel that he might strengthen his own dominion. That was by Kiel and Delich. Verse 18, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself thus, Thou hast chastised me, and I was chastised as a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke. Turn thou me, and I, and I shall be turned, and for thou art the Lord my God. Surely, after that I was turned, I repented, and after that I was instructed, I smote upon my thigh. I was ashamed, yea, even confounded, because I did bear the reproach of my youth. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child, or a child in whom I delight? For since I spake against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore my bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him, saith the Lord. Set thee up waymarks, make thee high heaps, or signposts. Set thine heart toward the highway, even the way which thou wentest, turn again, O virgin of Israel, turn again to these thy cities. How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding, or unruly, or apostate daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth, a woman shall compass a man. 
To encompass with love and care, the woman is the church who will lovingly embrace the Savior. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as yet they shall use this speech in the land of Judah and in the cities thereof, when I shall bring again their captivity. The Lord bless thee, O habitation of justice and mountain of holiness. There he's talking about the temple, the mountain of holiness. And there shall dwell in Judah itself and all the cities thereof together husbandmen and they that go forth with flocks, for I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every soulful soul. Upon this I awakened, I awaked, and beheld, and my sleep was sweet unto me. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will sow the house of Israel, and the house of Judah, with the seed of man, and with the seed of beast. And it shall come to pass, that like like as I have watched over them, to pluck up, and to break down, and to throw down, and to destroy, and to afflict, so will I watch over them, to build, and to plant, saith the Lord." Sounds like the upbuilding of uh, Israel, doesn't it? In those days they shall say no more, The fathers have eaten a sour grape, and the children's teeth are set on edge. But every one that shall die for his own iniquity, every man that eateth the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge. The sins of the parents are no longer a stigma upon the children. Verse 31, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, the restoration of the gospel, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in the hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Joseph Fielding Smith said, The Lord has promised that the time shall come when every man shall be his own teacher. That is, he will know because of righteous living what to do. He will be so filled with the Spirit of the Lord that he will be guided and directed in doing right without the necessity of someone coming into his home to set it in order. Now is a good time for us to begin. That's a good idea, isn't it? That's what President Nelson's been telling us is to hear him, to receive personal revelation so that we can uh, accomplish these things ourselves and have the Spirit with us all the time. The prophet Joseph Smith said, The time has at last arrived when the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has set his hand again the second time to recover the remnants of his people and with them to bring in the fullness of the Gentiles and establish that covenant with them, which was promised when, they, when their sins should be taken away. This covenant was never before has never been established with the house of Israel nor with the house of Judah. Christ in the days of his flesh proposed to make a covenant with them, but they rejected him and his proposals, and in consequence thereof they were broken off, and no covenant was made with them at that time. But their unbelief has not rendered the promise of God of none effect. No, for there was another day limited in David, which was the day of his power, and then his people Israel should be a willing people, and he would write his law in their hearts and print it in their thoughts. Their sins and their iniquities, he would remember no more. He also said, The day must come when no man need say to his neighbor, Know ye the Lord, for all shall know him who remain, from the least to the greatest. How is this to be done? It is to be done by the sealing power and the other comforter spoken of, which will be manifested by revelation. Remember that the other comforter is that we will have the appearance of Jesus Christ personally in our lives. Verse 35, Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances, or established courses of the moon, and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea, when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those 
ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. If the saving ordinances are done away, so will Israel be done away. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all they for all that they have done, saith the Lord. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the city shall be built of the, to the Lord from the tower of Henaniel unto the gate of the corner. And the measuring line shall yet go forth over against it upon the mount or upon the hill Gareb, and shall compass about to Goath, and the whole valley of the dead bodies and of the ashes and of, and all the fields unto the brook of Kidron, unto the corner of the horse gate toward the east shall be holy unto the Lord. It shall not be plucked up nor thrown down any more forever. That's talking about the city of Jerusalem and, and those areas around it. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.